Content Lab is brought to you by Scripted. From personal experience, I know Scripted has the copywriters and freelancers you need to bring your content marketing strategies to life. Learn more at scripted.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the April installment of What's on My Content Mind for the Content Lab. A monthly break from the exciting and inspiring interviews and conversations that typically dominate the other episodes of the Content Lab. Although I'm going to say right now that unlike in months past, I have only one thing on my mind at the moment as opposed to the usual list of multiple things. Currently I'm coming to you live from my new home office, an entire furnished and finished basement all to myself, which pleases me greatly. Well, okay, almost entirely to myself because it's pouring and thundering currently outside and my two dogs, Horatio and Nugget, who are not a fan of thunder and lightning, are currently pacing anxiously at my feet. Also, full transparency, I have one, two, three, uh, I have about six boxes of books still on the floor that I need to unpack and put onto my bookshelves, but you know, one day at a time, right? Anyway, April has been an interesting month to say the least in that the highs have been very, very high, but the lows have also been very, very low. For example, on the one hand, I moved into my first ever house this past week, and that is great news. On the other hand, getting here was an absolute nightmare. Closing only took exactly one hour after I had been warned by multiple people to expect it to be a half-day affair, rife with complications and problems. So I was feeling pretty good going into the move, but then moving day arrived and the moving clean-out service, uh, they didn't show up. And then the actual movers I had booked no-showed after they had confirmed midday that they were running a couple hours behind due to the previous job, but don't worry, I'd hear from them before 3 p.m. And of course, I never did. And then all of my calls went straight to voicemail, which was super depressing. And then I ended up in a last minute stress-filled scramble trying to find replacement movers, which thankfully I did. But by the time the day ended, I found myself sitting on the couch, mentally willing myself to enjoy the fact that yes, I was finally in the new house, but I couldn't overcome the emotional storm cloud that had settled over me because everything had gone so wrong that day. I had crossed the finish line of the move, but it was so much more stressful than I had planned and much more costly by hundreds of dollars, which is why this month I decided to focus this episode of What's On My Mind about the theme of broken expectations, because broken expectations happen a lot in content projects. Of course, there are the obvious types of content disappointment that center around results. You know, you launch something, whether that's a new article or pillar or what have you, and the reception doesn't meet your expectation. You know, people aren't as responsive, leads fail to convert, etc., etc. But the type of broken expectation I'm talking about are those expectations we have about ourselves when we are in the middle or the throes of a content project, and then we fail to live up to them. For example, this month, I struggled a lot to produce on what I would consider to be an efficient timetable or the timetables or schedules that I am used to, you know, knowing that an article takes X amount of time or writing a website page will take Y amount of time based on my experience. So it was frustrating to me toward the end of this month or probably middle of this month that content creation tasks that normally would take an hour or two would take twice that or sometimes even more. At one point, I even made a joke to someone I work with about how every time I give them a deadline, 
just go ahead and add 12 hours to it until the end of April because I had been operating at a thousand percent for two months straight and I had just hit a mental wall and everything just felt harder to complete than it would normally. It's a weird thing though. I hated recognizing the intellectual why behind what was happening, but still not being able to get over that mental hump of feeling like I was still somehow failing. I mean, I knew I was struggling more to produce and I was struggling to get my voice out of my head because I was so tired. I mean, really, really tired to the point where I would just stare blankly at words and not even be able to edit them. I understood that I had pushed myself really hard last quarter and also accomplished things I am extremely proud of, more so than ever before. But I had allowed myself to cross that fine line between hustling and killing it into complete and utter burnout. So again, I still understood that intellectually, but I also still felt like I had let myself down. That even when I was finally able to cross things off my to-do list or see things launch, it still felt tainted because I didn't perform well enough or produce quickly enough or had to tell people, hey, I know this normally takes me X amount of time, but it's taking longer. I think this is something a lot of content creators suffer from, whether you're someone like me where content creation is the bread and butter of your profession, or maybe you're in more of a contributor role where creating content is an offshoot of what you do, or at the very least, not the primary focus of your career, but you still dabble. You write that blog post now and then, right? We push ourselves to these limits and then wonder why we're letting ourselves down. In reality, we are all only human beings who at some point are going to realize that we will only be able to be the high performing brand storytellers we want to be if we put ourselves physically and mentally in the position to do so. It's not enough to just say, oh, we have to do it. We have to be in the right headspace. We have to be well rested. We have to be able to create in a way that doesn't kill us in the process. So how do we put ourselves in that position to be successful, right? How do we ensure that we are always those high performing content creators? Unfortunately, I have to tell you two things. One, you won't always be those high performing content creators. You're gonna have to acknowledge that while you should be able to quote, turn it on. You can't flip that switch all the time. If you've pushed yourself too hard, eventually you're going to fry a circuit or some other metaphor that should be here that is failing to come to mind at this time. Second, I don't have a silver bullet methodology that you haven't already heard before on other podcasts or seen outlined in other articles. But given the emotional gymnastics I have taken myself through over the past 60 to 90 days about my own capabilities and my own perceived failings, I feel compelled to remind you of them so you can avoid these moments of feeling like a deflated mess. Because that's how I've spent most of the vacation I've had this week. So first and foremost, get the sleep you need. Just sleep. Know when to stop. I had a couple of nights over the past month or so where... I pushed myself to stay awake, and yeah, in some cases I was able to deliver, but in other cases I was delaying the inevitable. I would stay up until 2 a.m. and realize I just gotta set my alarm and get up early, make some coffee, and, and do it tomorrow morning. And if I had just pulled the trigger at 11 p.m., I would have gotten more sleep and been in better shape the next morning. Next, reach out when you're hitting that block 
and how that may impact deadlines. Yes, sometimes you can and need to push through just to make magic happen. But there are a lot of interim deadline cases where you can talk to someone and say, look, man, given everything going on and everything I have on my plate, I thought I could make this happen. I thought I was setting a realistic expectation, but mentally I need until X time tomorrow to give you the A plus work that this project deserves. Because if I were to deliver now, we'd probably have to come back later and do a little extra work on it. Also, don't keep staring at those empty screens if you can't mentally get the ideas out of your head. Even to the smartest and most prolific content creators, I know this is something that happens. Where you'll have those moments where the first hundred words of a single piece will take you three hours to get out of your head and then on a different day you can write 2,000 words without blinking. Sometimes the mental blocks just occur and you need to get away from whatever it is that you're looking at. So walk away. Come back later after taking a nap or watching TV or doing something else that takes your mind off of what you think is the impossible task that will never get done with some space, with some perspective, and honestly, just giving yourself some space to mentally breathe. You will be surprised how much easier it will feel to try to get yourself back in the saddle. Yes, you're still going to feel challenges. It's still going to be hard and you're going to have to mentally wrestle with word choices and, you know, the basic mechanics of creating content. But sometimes it just takes walking away to help you hit reset in your brain to get back to where you need to be. Also, this is a little bit of a trick um, that I've recommended to other people and I've had great success with myself that is specific. One of my favorite things to do as a content creator to A, get the creative content juices flowing, but also B, getting my mind off of the work um, is actually to read stuff that makes me laugh. Like some of my favorites are the Borowitz Report uh, from the New Yorker, which is political satire, or pretty much anything by Christopher Buckley who wrote Thank You for Smoking, which was a best-selling book, and then also later was a movie. Um, those are just my examples, uh, but I found that great content creation inspiration for marketing can be found in comedic works, as the ones who do it really well are masterful storytellers who also have an almost diabolical sense of amazing timing in terms of how they structure narratives, stories, dialogue, etc. But more than that, laughing feels really good. And I found that when I read something that really makes me laugh, and I'm not talking about like those times where somebody sends us a funny meme or link over the phone and we type LOL back, you know, LOL, this is so funny, but we're not actually laughing. I'm talking about those times where you like really laugh, something catches you off guard and it, it breaks me out of that negative headspace I'm in. Suddenly, for one moment, I am genuinely happy. I'm not thinking about whatever that negative thing was. And that genuine response to finding something funny snaps me out of that mental hole I had allowed myself to fall into. So try looking for the humor. Try going completely out of your mental comfort zone and reading something or experiencing something or watching something that just brings you joy, that makes you laugh. Another one I love also all of the Stefan sketches from SNL because they are just so absolutely ridiculous. That's another great thing if you're just like, I can't even read anything, I just want to laugh. Highly recommend. But one of the most valuable things I did over the past month that I suggest to all of you today 
is to have candid conversations about where you are emotionally with that work-life balance in your one-on-ones with superiors or with peers. For instance, Kathleen Booth, who is our VP of Marketing here at Impact and is also the host of the Inbound Success Podcast for Impact, is my direct boss. And I had numerous conversations with her about how I was doing and where I was at headspace-wise. You know, everything from the fact that I was really struggling to produce at my normal rate to the fact that I was getting jokes from friends and family about how they were forgetting what I looked like or I want to say her name is Tina. I don't know. Um, you know, it, it wasn't perfect. Of course, I, I still had to get across certain finish lines before I could take some time off. But the mere act of having those candid discussions with her and answering her questions of how are you doing in a way that was brutally honest about where my head was at, insecurity and all, relieved a significant burden that made it at least slightly easier to get to a place where I could take this time off that I just completed. So again, when someone asks how you are, be honest. I found a lot of times when dealing with burnout and feeling like a failure in these moments of, I don't know, professional existential crisis or whatever first worldy label we want to apply to it, it suffering in silence and isolation when you hit that creative wall only feels more acute and suffocating when you don't share that with someone. When you don't have someone who's there to listen or to provide constructive feedback, or in some cases, Kathleen was able to remove impediments or help me take a look at what was on my slate and say, you know, hey, this can actually get moved off. You know, things like that. So not only are those conversations productive in terms of actually solving the logistics of the problem in front of you of having too much or falling behind or whatever it is, but also just keeping it from being a problem that's solely inside your head that whether we want to admit it or not, can really contribute to feelings of inadequacy or failure professional. It's funny though, this is my first day back from my own vacation time, finally, and I have to admit to you guys in the name of honesty that even though I am preaching this gospel of setting realistic expectations for yourself as a content creator and recognizing the symptoms of burnout before it goes too far, I'm still also sitting here feeling a little bit like a failure. But having given myself the time to mentally recuperate, I do feel a lot better. Do I worry that some might listen to this and go, man, Liz, I thought better of you than this. You should still be able to operate at these high levels and still produce on time, no matter what that stress level is. I mean, that's part of stepping your game up and leveling up in your career. Of course, I, I still worry about that. Absolutely. But that is also not reality. And I think I know that to some degree, and I, and I think some of you may need that reminder as well. I think this is something that we don't talk a lot about, especially now that we live and work in a more connected and global work culture, where disconnecting truly from work is much harder than it used to be, where late hours, depending on where you work, are sometimes considered the rule rather than the exception, and we're spending many hours comparing ourselves to others whose Instagram and social media lives paint a romantic picture of never sleeping in pursuit of the hustle is a norm and something we have to deal a lot with. I mean, there are plenty of research studies out there that talk about how social media is contributing to larger percentages of the population feeling depressed, either due to comparison syndrome or 
they feel like this is how they should be living their lives and they're not. Instead, I'd like this to serve as the opening to a discussion that I'd like us to be having more often and more honestly about how we need to be doing a better job of setting boundaries in our own lives and with ourselves. I mean, just using my own life as an example, until I moved into this house, my bedroom was 10 feet from my office. And every time I walked by my office on days when I wasn't working or I was scheduled to be off, I would still feel guilty. Like, I should go in there. I should be doing something and I should be working on something. And given how prevalent remote work cultures are becoming, or at least having some sort of telecommuting option on certain days of the month or week, we're finding that our work lives and our personal lives are becoming much more jumbled and the lines between the two are becoming much more blurred. So we are capable of greatness and we are capable of creating remarkable things. My hope and really what's on my mind this month and the message I want to give to you all is that we still, however, need to give ourselves permission to be human beings who need things like space and sleep. Anyway, until next week, if you have any questions, concerns, or grievances, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, you can find me at NaptownPint. You can also email me, lmurphy at impactbnd.com. And if you want to leave a review for this show, which I always appreciate, not just because it makes me feel good, but also because, well, helps the show get found, uh, I invite you to do so on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whatever your podcast provider of choice is. That's all for now. Once again, this episode is brought to you by Scripted. And with Scripted's new cruise control platform, you can create data-driven content strategies that get results with access to robust analytics. Learn more at scripted.com. <laughs>